You're listening to the Make It British podcast. I'm Kate Hills and I'm on a one woman mission to save UK manufacturing. I invite you to join me each week when I'll be sharing the stories behind some of the best British made brands and UK manufacturers and offering you advice and tips on making in the UK. So let's get on with today's show. Welcome to episode number 161 of the Make It British podcast. Today, I've got a special treat for you. I have got one of my manufacturing heroes on the podcast today, who is John Elliott, who's the founder of eBack. Now, if you've not heard of eBag, you will want to go out and buy one of their washing machines by the time you finish listening to this. So John set up eBag in County Durham 50 years ago, and he has never once thought about manufacturing his products overseas. He's a real staunch UK manufacturer, and he's got plenty to say on the subject of why more people should be working in manufacturing, why the government should focus more on manufacturing and less on service and finance industries, and why there aren't more white goods made in the UK. So I hope you enjoy this little chat of mine with John. He's a real character. You're going to love it. Thank you very much for joining me on the Make It British podcast. Do you want to start by telling me then how you came about? How how, how did EBAC start 50 years ago? Because you're from an engineering background, aren't you? That's right. Well, yeah, there's a few important facts. I, I left school at 15, having only sat one examination and never done one minute's homework. Uh, and that, Brilliant. <laughs> and that examination was 11 plus, which I failed. Um, <laughs> so I always tell people, you know, left school at 15, no qualification, two wasted years. It should have been 13. <laughs> yeah, and that I got an apprenticeship because my, my mother always said, you've got to have a trade. Now, just a bit of more history. I don't know how relevant all this is. Um, my father died when I was six months old and my mother was pregnant. So she moved back to work with her parents. So then all of five of us, um, yeah, five of us lived in a two up and two down. And, and we used to look up the council houses. When people say they bought them a council house, we used to look up the council houses and be, with envy because uh, they had things <laughs> like baths, baths and toilets. Uh, so I, I, it was a pit village in County Durham, um, and I was there till I was 23, actually. But my mother always said, you've got to get a trade. And I went in an apprenticeship at 15. Went to Bishop Alton College for one day, one night a week, doing electrical engineering. Left there and became a draftsman, a junior draftsman, actually, uh, designing air conditioning systems and dehumidifiers. Then I left there two years later, got married, left there and moved to London for a short period. And then, then I worked at Abingdon at the Science Research Council, Rutherford High Energy Laboratory, for about a year. Then I went back to the company where I was an engineer as a salesman technical sales engineer, worked there for two years, then left to start my own business. And that was when I was 28 year old. So I left with the intention of being a freelance sales agent. A bit irresponsible, really. Okay. Uh, two children, um, not really any savings, um, a little bit irresponsible, but I was always confident that I could make a living. Then I met someone in Derby in a hotel who wanted to dehumidify for drying out new buildings. He worked for Bovis. Um, and I said I could do him one. I designed one which was innovative, different to everything else and better. He ordered eight. I got eight made by different people. He didn't have any manufacturing facilities. Just found somebody who could do this, someone who could do that. Took him the eight down. He said, give me another eight. 
and I ended up supplying 70 that year. And then I started setting up manufacturing. Found people who could do the brazing, people who could do the painting, people who could make the sheet metal work. I designed it, and, and, uh, and it, was different. It, was, it was different to any other building dryer in, in two ways. There's two innovations on it. And one of, one of the innovations, which was, I think, quite clever, it meant you could convert it from a dehumidifier to a portable cooler for the cost of about £10. Right? I designed it so you could put that, that in mind. Great idea, that, isn't it? We probably sold 10 of those kits. Nobody liked the idea. You know, <laughs> so being innovative, it's all about what the customers want, not what I think they yeah, should have. so true. Yep, understand customers what they want and what they value, not what they say they want either, because we all tell lies and we all kid ourselves and kid other people as well. Understand what they want and what they don't value. If, even if I value it, if they don't value it, don't put it in. So that's a, a lesson learned. The difference between the private sector and a government organization or even big businesses is you soon learn that if you don't get it right, you don't eat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no sales. And, and, and that comes, you know, I kind of forced them to buy it, but with, you know, if they don't want to buy it, we don't eat. And that lesson's very, there's a point where you think, yeah, got to get this right. And you've got to work hard at it. So at what point did you start doing your own manufacturing well, that then? same year. We used the profit to buy some equipment, so we still did some subcontracting, and we always ploughed the profits back into more equipment so we could do more. And that was a winter product. In the summer, we made uh, metal trailers for farmers, keep us going in the winter, in the summer. Oh, okay. you just got to do things. you just got to – it's like now, you know, with people with the pandemic, small businesses, they're sorting things out. They're doing things a different way to make sure they get revenue, and that's what's great about the free market. Or, 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 you know, yeah. self-employment. It's the best way because you get rewarded on what you do. Not the amount of hours you work, what you do. And that's where the that economy so gets true. better. Yeah, there's too many people who work very hard and do nothing of value. And that's why we did more manufacturing in the UK. This idea that we're too good for it. There's lots of people in the UK, their first choice is to work in a factory like Ebac making things. That's their preference. Now, some people think, oh, yeah. that can't be true, that can it? But it is. It is. That's, what they, that's their choice. And they're good at it. And we need it. See, think another thing. I'm going to rant on a little bit. Think of the think of this thing. <laughs> no, rant away. The things that you and I need on a day to day basis are done by people on low wages with skills they learn on the job, not in the education system. And I'll name you the people: bricklayers, electricians, plumbers, roofers, build houses, farmers who produce our food, people who work in factories to make washing machines, shirts. They learn those skills, supervising those people even. They learn it on the job. The thing you need from the education yeah. system is the, the ability to read and write and understand basic numbers. Then the skills we learn are not GCSEs, the skills that they learn on the job if they've got that aptitude. So do you think that's one of the main reasons then that not enough young people are going into manufacturing? Because let's face do, it, we could do. do with so you many will. more people. You will. But then you get problems with like the minimum wage, you see. You've got the minimum wage suits a lot of people in the middle. It doesn't suit people at either end. People with no experience, because why would you recruit somebody with no experience being the same as somebody with experience? So how do you get people, to, young people, to come and work for you? Is it is it a challenge, or do you get do you get them coming really. straight apprenticeships? No, our recruitment policy, yeah, we, apprenticeship. I'm the oldest apprentice in EBAC, actually. I'm still learning. Um, uh, what, we, we've got something in our recruitment called we do look at ask attitude, yeah. skills, and knowledge. Skills and knowledge you can teach and you can measure. Attitude is the tricky one, and that's the most important. You've got to want people who want to succeed, and most people do. Most people want to go to work and succeed. And some people are less ambitious than others. So you've got to decide what you want them to do. Have they got to be ambitious? Some people, no, we don't want them to be ambitious. We want them to turn up, do a good job day in, day out. 
But some people you want to ambition there, so they become a supervisor or or in management or in some other. We're all different. That's why if I was king, I'd get rid of the Department of Education and have a department for children development. Yeah, and take people John- from birth to to adulthood, and identify each person what they need. Some need education, complicated maths. Most don't. Some need aptitude things, they're physical things, or and, and let them enjoy themselves as well, rather than threatening them if they don't pass their examinations. They're a total failure. What's the succession got, plan for you then? Because you obviously fifty years I'm running never eBack. I'm, I'm never <laughs> going to die. You, you can't plan for it really, and I'm less involved now in the operational side of the business because the biggest thing I've learned in the last two or three years, really, in my apprenticeship, um, is that understand your weaknesses, and be honest, and deal with them. Don't think you can change them. So I know my weaknesses. I'm a terrible organiser. I'm not a very good manager. I'm quite a good leader, uh, and I'm very innovative, and I can think outside the box. But that strength gives you that weakness. People who are good at getting things done, they do it because they focus, and they don't get anything come from outside. So by definition, if you're good at getting things done, you don't get disrupted. And that's all our MPs and all the academics like that, and that's why they're useless at running the country. Because uh, <laughs> they, they never think outside the box. Yeah. So, right. so on the subject of the government, then, but, what but are your on thoughts the, on the factor of manufacturing? Yeah. No. Well, what are your thoughts on how the government support UK manufacturing, or possibly don't? We don't need them to support it. What we need, we need their intervention, not their grants. Right. The problem. Interesting. In the, the problem, okay. The number one problem in the UK is this: if you've got money, you can make more money on the stock market gambling, speculating, than investing in real businesses. So what do you do? What do people with money do? You play at the stock market and make a lot of money out of it. But add yeah. nothing to the economy or very little to the economy. So you've got to change that. You've got to say, we'll give you better, we'll get a better return by investing in real businesses, services or manufacturing, wherever it is. In the Northeast, there's been quite a few businesses, manufacturing businesses sold over the last few years. Everyone is bought by a foreign company. Swedish, yes. German, American. Yep. Because the, in oh, UK, no. and, we, and, and, and what, we, what our Chancellor the Checker says is, and they all the same, they all got it wrong. They say, we need inward investment. No, we don't. We need inward investment because we don't balance the books, because we consume more than we produce. So we've got to get inward investment to pay for it. But the inward investment's a cost. People invest in the UK for their benefit, not ours. So we need internal investment, not inward investment. Then the money stops in. You know, every car manufacturer in the UK were very successful. They're all foreign owned. Yeah, I know. What does it yeah. tell you? There's something wrong. And that's what government's got to do. Correct that. And it's by taxation. It's making you make more profits investing in real businesses and recognize the stock market is nothing more than a game that's quite difficult, but it makes a lot of money for people who work very hard, but add not, it adds nothing to the overall economy. I think one of the problems as well is the government don't actually understand supply chains. Have you had Boris and his crew around your yes, uh, been, manufacturing been, plant? Yes, he's been around. I, I had the chance of the exchequer from the previous conservative government around. Philip Hammond, he came around to see us. Most politicians are incompetent at running things. They're very good at selling themselves. They're very good talkers. They're very <laughs> persuasive. But they, there's something wrong with our system. Look, look, at, look at all the European governments who've messed up on this vaccine. I'm not, I'm not talking about the EU governments. The governments who were elected by our system aren't very good. We need a different system. It's not working. We underperform. Yeah. I, I reckon in my world... We'd work two days a week and be better off. We need government to change things so we get more people doing effective work. What does the government measure on economics? It measures two things, and they're both wrong. One is growth in GDP, the number of people employed. I want fewer people employed producing more. 
Not more people employed. Yeah, we definitely need people producing yeah, but more, fewer, don't but we? we need fewer definitely. of them. If the ones that aren't productive or still work hard doing things that don't add any value, if they were helping in production, we could have worked fewer hours and actually produce more. Mm. But, they, but they don't understand the economics. They think growth is the answer. And growth only suits businesses. And as a businessman, I believe businesses are here to serve people, not the other way around. We're not here to serve Nissan. But the government wants us to buy cars that we don't need to keep, Nissan, to keep Nissan, Nissan growing. That's wrong. Why try, try and tell people to buy things they don't need, in some cases can't afford, to buy something just so the economy grows? That's pointless. It's just consuming material. It's waste, it's waste in every respect. Carbon footprint, the whole lot. But that's what they do. That's what the economists do. The, the most democratic organization in this country, in my opinion, is the supermarkets. There's four of big ones, maybe five or six, actually, but some smaller ones. They're all competing. They're all trying hard to win our service. If they don't get it right, we vote with our feet and they change. The pandemic comes along, causes big problems for them. They haven't missed a beat, have they? They've sorted it all out. Yeah, that's yeah, true. They have, that. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But because that's if you've got a business, you don't eat if you don't. So, you know, so you've got to do it that someone else will. Competition is essential. Yeah, but at the same time with the supermarkets, because I used to work for Marks & Spencer's, what they do also drives the prices down with the suppliers. You think that's okay as a supplier? Absolutely. Because that's, you... How you, that's how you get better. We, we supply, we used to, well, we don't anymore, but we used to supply Amazon. Mm. Amazon are difficult to deal with. They quote you 90 days to pay you, and a week before the payment, they say they haven't had delivery. Can you prove it? Do they? And then it's, they take no 10 days. But we know, we know that, so we accept it or not. Yeah. You know, that, that's the... It's the... Up to, suppliers don't have to do it. But... If in business, if you abuse your suppliers, you don't succeed. You can be hard on them or push them, but ultimately you, you can't. Farmers complain about everything, you know, but they're still <laughs> supplying them. And they, they, they do, they force you to be efficient. They focus on things, you know, so everyone wins. Hmm. But with your washing machines, because I remember when I bought my washing machine from you, I bought it directly from your website. You don't sell through any of the other kind of big, like the John Lewis's. And the other no. kind of white goods retailers, no. do you? We, we have some independent retailers, not very many of them, no. Because it wouldn't work. That's what, that, we're too small. Mm. And, and, and we, and I mean, I, I don't know if you've been on our website, but, but we've fallen out with Witch. I don't know if you know the Witch. Yeah, I, know, I completely agree. Do you want to tell the Witch story? Because I think it's a really good one. It's happened to us twice, actually, on dehumidifiers as well. Witch don't understand the products. This is what Witch do. They survey their customers, their members rather, and ask them questions. Things like, would you like a washing machine to remove stains? Everybody says yes. <laughs> On dehumidifiers, do you want a dehumidifier that takes a lot of water out? Yes. So that's the two things they measure. On wedging washing machines, they only do one wash, and that's to remove severe stains. To get a which best buy, you'll find, we, we, they tested our machine, this is what they said. Very good energy consumption. Uses less water. Quieter. Quicker but we wouldn't recommend it by because it doesn't wash. Well, I can say it's a bloody good washing machine because I've got one. I'm well, of course so it impressed. Is. Because it, I know it is, <laughs> but you see, but, but that, I went to see them. They said, we test a washing machine with severe stains. I said, why don't you test a normal wash? Because to get severe stains, you just got to run for longer, take more time and consume more electricity and more water to get it. And he said, no, 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 they're better washers. That's why it is. No, it isn't. Why is it every, not, none of which Best Buys have got a five-star for energy. Guess what? Because to get a witch Best Buy, you've got to run it as if it's got stains in every wash. Right? Now, what we say, I think, is there aren't stains in every wash. 
And the best way to deal with stains is to treat it before you put it in the wash. Exactly. But which don't. And I've talked to them, they just said, no, no, we're happy with our survey. They've got no field tests. And that's it. I said, why don't you test it at normal wash and just say, this this will wash stains, this one will wash normal wash. And it takes less electricity, less water. I mean, I'm talking about, I'm talking about our washing machine runs for an hour shorter than the other, which Best Buys. An hour. And it is quiet. And You're right. To, super quiet. But they run, they run it for an hour longer in case there's some stains there. And then it doesn't remove them, by the way. But, and, you can't, and you can't talk to them. They just say, no, no, we're happy with our information. And remember, every time that their logo appears on the TV, they get some money out of it. So anyone claims a which Best Buy on the TV? Ah. Uh, so what do your customers think, though, John, of the fact that you must have tons of happy customers. What do they think about the fact that you're making the washing machine in the UK? Um, Is it a big feature, do you think, for your customers or just a fantastic added benefit or it doesn't, I think, it I think, doesn't look, even bother We must them? never hide behind the flag. We must make a good washing machine. Agree. Yeah, number yeah. one. We could, we could probably have it made overseas and be slightly cheaper, but I don't want to do that. You know, I live here, uh, I, you know. There's more to life in business, isn't there? You know, that's why EBAC, all the shares were gifted to a foundation about six years ago. So there's no private ownership within EBAC. So that means it, it can't be sold. Or it, you know, it can't be sold to another business. It's always continued mm. manufacturing in the Northeast. That's, the, that's what... Brilliant. The, and, and so there's so no, no foreign own. So no foreign owner's going to come in and buy no, you back. No, well, we can sell bits of it if it's suited the business, because it isn't. It isn't a charity. We've got to still be profitable. So, we might, but the business yeah. itself will always remain in manufacturing in the northeast of England. That's what's written into the foundation. Fantastic. And why do you think there are more companies making white goods? Because at Make It British, if I had a pound for everyone that asked me if there was an electric kettle made in the UK, I would have built my own electric kettle factory. Why are more people not like you, John, and making these things in the UK, particularly white goods? It is a big step, isn't it? And See, lots of things are run by big business, and they just do what's convenient for them. Black & Decker used to have a factory near in the northeast. That went to the Czech yeah. Republic. So that would save them a couple of dollars. And they don't care. Black & Decker don't care. So those jobs have gone. Those goods, we've got to import them now. So they just go wherever they can make the most money or where it's convenient for them. Lots of, lots of white goods manufacturers, because they, they keep buying each other up. There's only not very many of them, so they just make it all in Italy because no, it suits yeah. them. It's convenient. They don't care. They just want to do something that's convenient. I don't blame them for that. And it's quite a big ask to most people to do something as big as this, but not really, but you just need. We need the government to get involved in it, to say we've, we've got to invest in, not give grants, actually the government could own a factory making white goods as long as they didn't run it. Yeah. But, but they could own it. <laughs> but as long as they encourage people to go and work in it and that well, they no, could you know, show people, people. No, pe people, people benefits. People knock on our door and ask for jobs. You know, they don't, we don't have to force Brilliant. them. People are looking for jobs like that. Half the people in the country are looking for jobs where they, where they want to go and do a decent day's work and go home and not worry about and take any responsibility. Just do a job, go home. And he might be working in a shop might be working in, in, in a McDonald's. It might be working in a factory, whatever. There's plenty of people who want to work in factories, but the factories yeah. aren't there to employ them. So it needs to change at the top. We've got to get it so that we believe we've got to make things in the UK. I think it's starting now with the, leaving uh, the European Union because, because it's been made difficult to trade with the European Union. People are starting to it's make so things. It's so difficult. Well, that, when it was easy to trade with the EU, and it was before, 
still 50% of our trade was with the rest of the world. So when it was easy, it was a minority. So if they're going to make it difficult, it'll become less. And there's nothing we trade with the EU we can't trade elsewhere, probably on better terms. So this stupidity of making it difficult to trade, the losers will be the EU. Because we'll go elsewhere. So since we've left the EU then, have you stopped selling to the EU? How have you found this whole new rules of origin thing that says, because well, I would imagine not all of your components are made in the UK, or are they? No, very few. Yeah. When we started, I could buy a compressor for a, a dehumidifier five miles away in Spennymore. But now you've got to go overseas. And, I mean, the Germans have got it right more than we have. Interesting, the German and the Japanese have got it more correct than us by being industrial. Uh, by a long way, um, we've just we've just lost. I don't know. We've just gone into financial services, and as I've said, you, you can't eat it, you can't wear it, you can't live in it, you can't drink it, and you need it. But it's a parasite. I... But the parasite's got bigger than the animal, hasn't it? That's the problem. But do you think things are going to change though for UK manufacturing? Where do you th- see well, us landing? We're out of the think, EU if, now. If we really want to change, we've got to change the way we pick our politicians, people in the country. That's the biggest problem we've got, um, no doubt about it. That's the, otherwise, it, we, we can get on despite them and do okay. And it will, business will sort out it. It's very difficult now importing stuff from, from Europe and export, by exporting to it. It's just the paperwork you've got to fill in. It's more difficult now to ship yeah, exactly. to France than to South Africa. I know. Uh, and, and it Crazy. might get easier or it might not, but people will adapt. I mean... Our biggest market, we don't sell very many water coolers in the UK because that market's pretty well developed now. It's very mature. So we sell more. Our biggest market is France, followed by, I think, Italy and Spain or Greece. But that market's gone down anyway because of people, that's people working, people working from home. That's, so it has declined. But we started selling water coolers into the USA market about two years ago. And that's now overtaken all the rest because it's a bigger market. So... Right. It's business to be done. So you say you'll just go elsewhere? We've got to change. We've got to change. And that will be a cost. But but then once we get it right, we'll be better off. You'll find people are making stuff in the UK now rather than importing because it's more difficult. Or it might get easier. I I, I don't know. I hope so. I think we will see more people starting to make things in the UK. But it's a big investment, isn't it, setting up? I mean, if you were you, again, 50 years down the line and now wanted to set up a dehumidifier factory or, you know, the same business that you set up 50 years ago, how do you think that would compare? It's easier now than then. I mean, it's hard to believe. You think so? There wasn't things then like departments in banks for business. There wasn't things like uh, organisations help business start. None of those things existed. Uh, And in a... But people do it. You've got to get the right people to do it. Um, you've got to create the environment, and that needs government intervention. Not subsidies, intervention. There's nothing wrong with protecting your economy. People say protectionism is wrong. There's nothing wrong with protecting the economy. It's wrong to protect badly run businesses. So you've got to have competition or you've got to have good businesses. But there's nothing wrong with protecting your economy. If people, if people in China break the rules and don't have the same working conditions as us, we shouldn't really import from there. It's not fair on our people because you know um so i think you've got to do something on that but the rule should be we can only import the same amount as we export that should become a rule yeah give it not more or less and then so then then we have got to make it internally and it's a big market the uk you see i mean we import two million washing machines a year 
Gosh, and how many do you make? We make a few thousand. We, we'll go, we'll, we can get up to 100,000, and we're having a big push this year, actually. We were going to last year, but last year was difficult because of the, this year we're going yeah. to invest more in advertising and push it harder. We now we want to really push it harder to get bigger volumes. I don't know what we'll get to. Yeah. Um, if I did it again, I would do it. We should be bigger than we are now. We're, we're underperforming, really. My plan is to, that we double in the next three years. But I think we can more than double, actually. So we've got to be ambitious and we've got to just increase. And we're ready to push the button mm. out now. We, 2018 was a bad year business-wise for us. We made a few mistakes. Well, I made a few mistakes. 2019 was a good year. 2020 was going to be fantastic until Mr. Virus came along. But this, year's got, <laughs> this is going to be a good year. Uh, we're, we're also looking now to get into heat pumps, which is going to become a big product. We've... I was going to say, are there any other products well, you want to we, introduce? Because the wash machines you've done for about 10 years, have you? Not quite that long. Um, no, less than that. It, probably four or five. Uh, but, but that's not the – it's almost it, – when you get a new product new as well, when it's brand new, it's better to take your time on it because things, things can go wrong and it might take a year to find out. So we, we're, nearly now, we're now absolutely convinced, right, push the button now because we've got a seven-year warranty, so we've got to be confident on the product, um, and we are. So we've just got to push things. This year's the big year to push forward. TV advertising should start. That's in work in progress now. So we're going to up the game quite Excellent. a bit. Excellent. Look out for that. We're going to up the game this year. We're going to do it last year, but we're. it was a difficult year last year because it's just hard. It's difficult working under the conditions where you've got to social distance and wear masks and a lot of people off sick or whatever. So it's, it's been – and also supplies have been so difficult. Uh, and supplies, are, there's two problems. One is the problem with containers. I mean, for example, we've got a shipment to go to the USA today and we can't get a container because of the containers are out of position because of the pandemic earlier in the year. And it's more expensive to get containers now. And it's also more difficult trading with Europe. So supplies has become a bigger problem. We just learned last week that the factory in Czech Republic that manufactures humidistats for us, for our, uh, thermostats for us, for our water coolers, is closed down because of COVID. For a couple of weeks, so that's got to knock supplies back. You know, so it's, it's never been as difficult to manage uh, managing supplies as now. Partly because of mainly because of COVID, and partly because of Brexit. Yeah, but it's going to get easier. Well, that only get easier. Well, we work through that. We just make just slows you down. Yeah. You miss a delivery. It's difficult to plan. Um, so, do you think you'll bring out any more white goods? You've got the washing machine. We are, we are looking – this is quite a strange one. We're looking talking to a Turkish manufacturer about manufacturing standalone cookers in the UK, their design. Okay. Now, that's not finalised yet. Um, I'm not sure on that one, but we've looked at tumble dryers. We, we have looked at integrated washing machines. We're going to extend the colour range in the near future. We're going to offer a silver one and a black one, which is now working progress. We're going to produce a 10-kilogram one as well. Uh, looking at an integrated one. Whether we'll do any other white goods, it's quite difficult, actually, uh, because fridges, there's such a big variety of them. Y you need a bigger market than the UK, possibly. I'm not sure. But let's right. get this under our belt to first. watch this space. Yeah, exactly. Because we get so many inquiries heat pumps that is... make it British for people wanting white goods made yeah, in the UK. Yeah. I was talking to someone who, who uh, talked about making a kettle and wanted some advice from me on it. I talked to them about it. I might have put them off, actually. Um, it's quite difficult. <laughs> it's quite difficult to get a new brand introduced. It's taken us a long time, and you know, because people, are, you know, it's, it's it is quite difficult. And the big curries of this world, 
it doesn't suit them really. This is what we found from people selling our washing machine, independent retailers. If they get behind it, the product, and, and push it to everyone that comes in, they'll sell one in five of their washes will be ours. If they don't push it, they sell none. Because people right. are looking for it. So they don't see it because they're not looking for it. So whatever we put in a display, they, if you're not looking for it, you don't see it. And that's why we've got to take – that's the same with Courage, you see. Their stuff wouldn't, wouldn't push it, so it wouldn't sell. And that's what we found with independent retailers. Those that get behind it sell a lot. Well, a lot. Not a lot. One in five. Significant amount. Uh, and those that don't, yeah. don't sell any. So it, it needs effort. And that's why we've got to – if we do it directly, it's in our control. Yeah. And people need to know about you. So the advertising – I'm gonna, are you going to be on the adverts? I don't. I'm not. Probably not. I'm not sure. And will you be mentioning on the adverts that they're made in made in uh, the northeast of England? I don't, I'm not sure. I I often think we should say made in County Durham, actually. But, yeah, I think so. But then people say, well, they, people won't, won't know where that is, and some might not. But anyway, and we thought about made in England as well. Oh. But then you get the Scots upset. Yeah. So. But it, yeah, it exactly. Matter. What, yeah, yeah. What we've got I, to do is get a good washing machine. That's what we've got to work on, and that's what—that's more important than all this marketing stuff. Your marketing is important. Yeah. Well, brilliant. Well, John, you've been a real star to talk to. It's been fantastic talking to you. I could talk to you for ages. I've never talked about um, manufacturing, though, have yeah. I? Uh, no, you haven't. I, I, I've, I've, <laughs> Did you want to? Well, I, look, I, you... manufacturing. People think it's boring. It isn't. You know, I've been in manufacturing uh, since I was fifteen. So that's uh, a long time, um, 60 years, actually. And fascinating, very satisfying. Yeah. And, and the best, the most satisfying thing, you know, running a business is to see people at every level fulfill their potential. There's nothing better than seeing people at whatever level it is, whatever job they're doing, to see people fulfill their potential or rise or go higher or whatever it is. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I love going to visit factories. Can I come up and visit you when we're out of COVID and see yeah. uh, the washing machines being made? A local school came around a couple of years ago and they were hurt. the teacher was hurt to say, if you don't stick in the school, you'll end up working here. She didn't, or they <laughs> yes. didn't, did they? That's really shocking. I know, that's, that's the belief is, Gosh. the belief, uh, what are good jobs? It's different for everybody. Everybody's different for a good job. The people exactly. who are working back, that's their good job. If they did, wasn't, they would leave. This belief, yeah. you know, if you're, courses if, you, for courses. if you're not a lawyer or a solicitor or, or a, an accountant earning vast sums of money and adding no value, uh, you're not in a good job. And that is the problem with schools because they, yeah. I've got a daughter that's doing GCSEs at the moment and the careers teacher, they can only talk about jobs that they can put a label on, that they've got a name for. So, you know, accountant and vet yeah. and architect. And there's so many jobs that are outside of those traditional roles that we know. I mean, within manufacturing, there's so many different roles, isn't Absolutely. there? Absolutely. Different levels. And it's horses for courses. That's why every child has got a different requirement. But they put them through the same mincing machine. It's a factory for passing examinations. And you can pass examinations without understanding the subject. That's the problem. Yeah, just learning by memory. Rote. Memory. And focused. But there's more. Yeah, the education is too narrow. So which other manufacturers in the UK do you admire? I think most of the car manufacturers, Nissan, are very good. Mm. Most of the car manufacturers are good and supply to the car manufacturers. There's lots of good – there is quite a bit of manufacturing in the UK, actually. There should be yeah. more. And it should be, and it should be British-owned. We need inward in, internal investment, not inward investment. But, but, you, but the chance with the exchequer has got to get it so we don't need that money. And the best way to do that is to balance the books. 
We should focus on getting rid of the deficit, not increasing the turnover by building a, uh, uh, by building a bus shelter that no one will use. Fantastic. John, thank you so much. You've been, it's been really wonderful talking to you. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Make It British podcast. I make an episode every Tuesday and Friday, plus there are bonus episodes occasionally. So make sure you subscribe in your favourite podcast app. And if you're looking to find British-made brands or UK manufacturers, check out the directory on the Make It British website, which you can find at makeitbritish.co.uk forward slash directory. Thank you for listening. Bye bye.